everyone, welcome to another episode of the Project Lab, the podcast about tools, trends and technology in work collaboration and project management brought to you by PlanView. I'm your host Mia Nordborg and I will be hosting a short special edition series of the Project Lab. We uh, participated during three hectic days in the PMI Global Congress 2016 held in Barcelona and took the opportunity to interview some of the most interesting people in product management today. I conducted the interviews in the Congress Hall, so there might be some background noise during the interviews, and I apologize for that. First out in this first episode is Dr. David Hilson, the risk doctor. We are at the annual PMI Global Congress here in Barcelona, Spain. And I'm sitting here with Dr. David Hilson, the risk doctor. Thank you so much for taking the time to do a short interview with the Project Lab Pod. It's a real honor to have you here today to talk to us about risk management. Well, I'm very glad to be here with you, Maria. Thanks for asking me. Thank you. So at this uh, Congress, you've been talking about uh, the latest edition or the sixth edition of the PM uh, book. Yes, I'm the vice chairman of the project team to update the Pinbot guide to the sixth edition. So we update it every four or five years. Mm -hmm. And it's a major project which involves hundreds of volunteers working for thousands of man hours uh, to make sure that the Pinbot guide reflects good practice on most projects most of the time mm -hmm. and that it actually gives solid guidance to project management practitioners as they deliver the results of projects that change the world. That's what we're doing. Yes. That's really interesting. And did you have a lot of attendees at your uh, speaker session? There were, I think, maybe 200, which was oh. very encouraging. And they asked loads of questions, lots of interest, because, you know, the Pinbot Guide is there to help us do our projects, and mm -hmm. we all want to do our projects better. Mm -hmm. um, so people wanted to know how the Pinbot Guide was going to change in the sixth edition from the fifth, mm -hmm. what they could expect why we were changing certain things, how it would improve things. Mm -hmm. And the good news that I was able to share with them is that we are really working hard to simplify the Pinbot guide um, to make sure that it genuinely reflects what we can do in our projects and not just some theory. Mm -hmm. So there's some interesting changes in the knowledge areas at the beginning of each chapter mm -hmm. to explain to you what are the key concepts and what are the emerging trends in this area. And then how should you consider tailoring this knowledge area, depending on the specific needs of your project, mm -hmm. because a big project will do scope management or quality management or risk management differently from a small project. So we're trying to introduce those practical guidelines as well as the usual processes and techniques. Mm -hmm. And how are you enjoying the Congress uh, in all? Beautiful. I love it very much. I've been coming to PMI Congresses in both Europe and North America since 1999. I was the project manager, actually, for the London Congress in 2001. Um, I always meet interesting people. I listen to new papers. And then I have old friends that I connect with. And Barcelona is a beautiful city, so mm -hmm. it's just great to be here. Yes, it is. And to me, it's the first time in Barcelona. And uh, I must say, I'm very surprised with the difference in nationalities. It's, uh, it's really a global Congress. Yes, um, it's the EMEA region, but we have people here from 76 different countries, I think, um, and uh, certainly representing lots of different cultures. Uh, obviously, the most people come from Spain, but the second most common nationality here is actually from Saudi Arabia, mm -hmm. uh, which was a little surprise to me. And then I think uh, Italy and Germany. 
but we have people from all over and right across Africa. And it's a real mixing pot of uh, project management specialists here to learn from one another. Mm. But you are called, and you have a website called The Risk Doctor. That's right. And I want to learn more about this. Of course, I've heard of you before. Uh, and I know a little bit about what you do, but uh, please tell our listeners uh, a little bit more about what you do and uh, what this stands for. Well, I am the risk doctor. There's only one risk doctor and it's me. Um, and I've been known as the risk doctor for maybe 15 years. Uh, the Risk Doctor Partnership is an organization dedicated to helping people manage risk wherever they encounter it. So we have 24 partners around the world, uh, seven in Australia, five in South Africa, people in the Middle East, um, across Europe, North and South America. Um, so it's it's very small, but but quite global. Um, we talk about risk in all its different forms. So environmental risk, reputation risk, counterterrorism, projects and programs, strategy, uh, reputation, all of those different things. Um, we have people who cover multiple languages. So all our work is done in English, German, French, Spanish, Portuguese, Russian, Chinese, and Arabic, mm-hmm. uh, trying to reach all the different people groups. Um, I personally have worked on every continent except the Antarctic, mm-hmm. which is just too cold. Um, so it's a very exciting role because for me, risk is what makes life interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if everything was predictable and turned out exactly as we expected, that would just be boring mm-hmm. and no fun at all. So the risk is what makes is what challenges us. And for me, that's uh, where I like to work. Uh- so that was actually one of my questions. Uh, how come you became the risk doctor and where your passion came from? Do you know why? Oh, I do, yes. Um, initially, I was a junior project manager in a UK engineering company uh, in, gosh, it was a long time, 1983. And our client told the company, that we had one major client and they wanted us to implement risk management or we wouldn't get any more work. Well, we had no idea what risk management was. And so uh, my boss came to me and said, uh, would you please find out about risk management and implement it on your project? And my project was quite troubled. It was a three-year project. It was £30 million. Uh, It was halfway through, and we were well overspent. We were very late. Um, And so I found out about risk management and introduced it on my project. And the project came in on time, under budget. And when we learned, did the lessons learned review, what happened, one of the things we discovered was that understanding where the risks were and focusing on those helped us to recover the project. So I was asked to become the internal risk expert in the company. And I discovered that I enjoyed it. I was quite good at it. Um, and then I went consulting and, and helping other people outside of the company. So for me, um, I was initially told to do it, but now I do it because it works. Mm-hmm. Because risk management really helps us to focus on the things that make the difference between success and failure. Mm. And in my perception, at least, I think many people and many organizations, they don't do enough risk management and that they may be a bit scared of this. And why do you think that is? I think it's a wrong perception. Mm. I think people think that risk management is hard, it's difficult. Mm. You need to understand statistics and probability theory Mm. and and it's boring and it's a difficult process. Uh, I absolutely disagree. So I, I just have some very simple views about risk which work. So what is a risk? And that's important for us to understand. A risk is an uncertainty that matters. So all risks are uncertain, but not all uncertainties are risks. 
So we have to find out which uncertainties really matter. And we, we do that by comparing the uncertainty with our objectives. Mm. So then a risk is an uncertainty that if it occurred would affect objectives. Mm. So that's a very simple thing. And then when we're looking to identify risks, we should be looking for things that might or might not happen because they're uncertain. But if they did happen, they would affect our objectives. Now that's really easy. Mm. And then the process, I think we make processes very complicated. For me, I would say that the risk management process is asking and answering six questions. And they're simple questions that everybody asks all the time. Would you like to know what they are? Yes. <laughs> okay, so the first question we need to answer is, what am I trying to do? Uh, if we don't know what we're aiming at, we can't even start anything. So what am I trying to do? And the second question, once I have clear objectives, is what might affect me as I try to do what I want to do? And once I know what might affect me, some of them will be silly small things and some will be really important. So the third question is, which are the most important ones? So what am I trying to do? What might affect me? Which are the important ones? Then I have a, a short list of important things that might affect me doing what I want to do. So the fourth question is, what can I do about it? And then I get some responses, some actions that will help me deal with the most important things that might affect me what I want to do. Mm. Then you do the things you planned, and then the fifth question is, did it work? Mm. And the sixth question is, what's changed? Mm. Now, those six questions actually are the risk process. But if you think of them as simple, logical questions, then it becomes much easier. So what am I trying to do is objective setting. What might affect me is identifying risks. And then they're not all equally important, so which are the important ones? That's risk prioritization or risk assessment. Mm. Then I have a short list, so I develop responses, response planning. I implement the responses and I see if they work. That's a risk review. Mm. And then I look to see what's changed, and that's a risk update. So the, the steps of the risk process are simply answering the questions. Mm. And you could do that very simply in 20 minutes driving to work on a Monday morning. You think, you know, what have I got to do this week? What might affect me? Which are the important ones? What shall I do? Mm. By the time you arrive at work, you have an action plan. Mm. You implement those things, and when you're driving home, did it work? What's changed? Mm. And that's the risk process in a simple way of thinking. Or you have a mega project to develop some big infrastructure thing, and then you spend a week setting objectives with all your stakeholders, and you spend three days in different workshops identifying risks. And you can do the same six questions, but at a much more detailed level, if the project needs it. But at the root of the process, it's only mm. asking six questions to find out which are the uncertainties that matter. Simple. But do you re revisit this during the project? Do you go back and how often do you do this? How much time do you spend on the risk assessment? Yes. So the last question is what's changed? Mm. So that means you have to go back and say, well, now are there any new things that might affect me? Mm. And which of those are most important and what shall I do? Mm. So that's you know, repeating the process. But how much time you spend on risk management depends on how risky the project is. Mm. So a simple, repeated project, you've done similar things, maybe you spend 10% of your time. Mm. Something very innovative and fast-moving, maybe you spend 50% of your time mm. because it depends on how, how much risk there is to mm. identify and manage. Mm. Mm. And uh, who comes to you for advice? In our consultancy, mm. it's very wide. Um, I've worked on uh, the mission to Mars for NASA, mm -hmm. helping them build a base station on the moon. Um, I'm going to Zambia in two weeks' time 
to help a development aid project in the middle of the bush, um, to building a clinic uh, and doing some sort of microfinance with their agriculture uh, for 20 people in the middle of the bush. Mm-hmm. Um, we've worked with pharmaceutical companies and construction companies and charities, government departments, everybody, because everything we do that's worth doing is risky. And so our mission to help people manage risk wherever they encounter it has a very broad application. And we're passionate. We know it works. So we want to help people. Where is most fun to work? In what kind of projects? Is it the most risky ones where you know there's going to be a lot of risk, a lot of assessments to do? Or is it the... uh, is it the space uh, mm. march station uh, projects? What do you... Uh... For, for me, the most fun is when there are people who are passionate about their project, mm. who are prepared to do what it takes to make the project succeed, who are open to learn. So people who want a new tool or a new process or some magic solution, that's not so interesting. But people who say, this really matters, mm. ha- come and help us, mm. then that's fun. Mm. And people who are prepared to learn and, and, and be... A little bit adventurous. Mm. So I think the risky projects are the interesting ones. Mm. Um, and it might be a big space exploration, or it might be developing a new drug, or it might be helping um, you know, some charity to, to deliver their, their goals. Mm. It all matters. Mm. Yesterday I was with Médecins Sans Frontières, the medical charity, and they had their annual conference here in Barcelona. Mm-hmm. And they asked me to be their closing keynote speaker. Mm. And I talked to them about the uncertainties in delivering development aid um, because they work in the most challenging environments doing really important life and death uh, solutions. And it's all very uncertain because there's political uncertainty and then there's often conflict and so on around them. Um, And for them, that's really, really important that they understand and manage their uncertainties. And dealing with people who are passionate like that, for me, it makes makes it all worthwhile. Yes, I can understand that. It's a, a real pleasure to have been able to ask you a few questions. Uh, my key takeaway is, of course, everyone can do risk management Absolutely. if you learn the questions and you get into your process. And it's into a way your of blood. thinking. It's uh, a way of thinking, yes. yes. Uh, and that you make it a part of the other work. So mm-hmm. it's a natural part of it. Uh, I think everyone that's listening are, of course, interested to learn more about when you speak and what subjects you speak on. Can you give us some examples uh, that they can look out for? Of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so the website is risk-doctor.com and there's an events page which tells you where I'll be speaking. There uh, are presentations, uh, videos, webinars, podcasts like this, mm-hmm. all freely available. There's a um, section of publications with free briefings in all of those languages I mentioned. Um, and then we have the Risk Doctor Video YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. So we have so much useful material, we want to give it all away. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing we charge for is, is consulting and obviously if I speak at uh, conferences. Mm-hmm. Uh, And the rest of the team also do great work, the other 24 colleagues in the partnership. So the place to start is Mm. riskdoctor.com and look at the free resources there Mm. and then get in touch if we can help you. Mm. Thank you so much, David. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode. And please follow us on Twitter with at Project Place and you can find me on at Mianor. Send us your questions, comments and ideas and please use the hashtag ProjectLabPod. 
And don't forget to try online collaboration for free at projectplace.com if you haven't done so already. Or visit the Project Lab blog at blog.projectplace.com. Thank you for listening. <laughs>